Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, it is literally every dairy farmer's worst nightmare, and now it's happening in the state of Wisconsin. We're dumping milk. It started to develop actually probably on uh, Tuesday, but yesterday was the first day where we actually saw farms disposing of milk, pumping it into their manure storage systems. How long is it going to last? Will those farmers be compensated? Those are just a few of the questions that we've been tackling for you all week long, honestly. You can find details right now, if you want, at MidwestFarmReport.com. We are visiting with one of the impacted dairy farms up after 5.30. And before 6 o'clock, Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville is going to be joining us live to talk more about this developing story and uh, exactly what it means to the dairy industry. By the way, I'm Pam Yankee. Really glad to have you along with us this morning. Trying times is... Uh, doesn't even begin to explain what's going on with our Wisconsin dairy industry. Weather-wise, today looks like we're going to bounce up to about 59 degrees under partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow is when the moisture starts moving in. Rain showers in the forecast starting on about Friday lunchtime, 60 are expected high. Saturday, we're going to have clouds, hopefully a little drier and 52. Sunday, a few clouds, 58 degrees. Our man Stumach joining us also in about 15 minutes. Compeer Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation. And our support continues today as our clients work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. Compeer is proud to continue our strong commitment to our clients, the rural communities where they live, and to agriculture. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help meet the financial needs of rural America. And our experienced financial team is just a phone call or email away, ready to guide you every step of the way. To learn more about our offerings, like long-term fixed rates that can help mitigate risk and improve cash flow, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compeer.com today and we'll navigate through this together. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Loan subject to approval guidelines. Not all borrowers will qualify. Restrictions may apply. This is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. All kinds of industries are doing creative things. Education is one of those areas that had to get mighty creative during the COVID-19 crisis. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Educationally speaking, in my household, my wife is a high school and college teacher, and she does a lot of online stuff. She's really busy, and the students are really reacting to that, and I've been really impressed with the way that's going. We can't have labs, though, and we can't take care of cows like at UW-Madison in the Dairy Science Department. What's happening with the cows and that kind of education? Josh, do you know? Yeah, Scott, Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And right in my backyard at UW-Madison, they've now moved the cows off of campus. They were on campus up until this uh, in the last couple of days. But as you mentioned, I spoke with Micah Dato. She is a 
college senior at UW-Madison, and I, you just think about the ripple effects of COVID-19. How, how do you learn about a cow when you're uh, looking at a computer and, and it's, it's a real hands-on discipline? It's things like that that you don't really think about. Rural broadband, that's another thing. Not everybody has internet access. So I spoke with Micah and asked her about the struggles of what should be a very bittersweet moment in her life. There are just so many ripple effects from the COVID-19 crisis in agriculture, outside of agriculture, and certainly in education. I'm speaking with Micah Dato to get a little more info on the ripple effects that a student at UW-Madison might see from all of this. Micah, what is your major and what's your focus at school? I am a senior at UW-Madison. I'm working on my double major in dairy science and life sciences communications. I had an interesting college career being a state officer and then a national officer candidate. But these past two years, I've been back on campus doing that normal college student life and trying to make the most of it until all this situation happened with our university. As a college senior, how has the COVID-19 crisis affected your day-to-day? So this past week was our spring break, so really not much was affected in that aspect, but I was actually at a national FFA job training the week prior, and so I really didn't see what was happening at UW-Madison until I got a text saying that schools were going to be closed until April 10th. And so then I was like, okay, like this is weird, but I wasn't on campus to see it all happen. And so I'm watching this unfold through National FFA, but then on the university side through text and emails. And so everything was just falling apart. And I was trying to call to make arrangements for how to get back home. And then I was trying to figure out how am I going to do all these classes online while figuring out with National FFA, how are we going to work with state SSAs to get conventions done and everything. So it was just a big old crisis that we had to deal with right on the spot. And so now it has died down a little bit because everybody is just staying at home. And my online classes started yesterday and every the weird part is that every professor is doing it differently. And so one of my classes, we meet at our regularly scheduled time online, and we have our lecture, and we also have a lab for this class. And so we're meeting online for our lab as well during the regularly scheduled time. But other professors have pre-recorded lectures and are posting them online. And so it's really a, the most difficult part is trying to figure out what your class is doing and how they're doing it, and when you need to get all of your assignments and lectures done. I'm on the phone right now with Micah Dato. She is a college senior at UW-Madison, studying at the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. Micah, I'm sure that now that classes are online, you're not necessarily getting the same learning experience that you would in ag classes as you would in person, right? Oh, absolutely not. Even all, all of our classes are different now that they're online. We can't have in-person labs, and it's it's really tough to teach someone a hands-on discipline such as dairy science online because we're not able to do what we're normally doing. And one interesting class that my roommate is in, Emily, is meat science. And so she was supposed to learn different types and cuts of meat, and she physically is supposed to do it. And now she has to do all of that online. And it's just difficult for both the professors and for us as students to try to learn all of this very hands-on information 
on the computer. Right. And then another question that I have is, depending on where people are at in the state, I don't know if you have seen this or if you've talked to any of your roommates or your friends that have been dealing with this, but rural broadband, not everybody has the broadband to access the classes. Are you hearing of anybody that's having those issues? Actually, I had my first online class that met at the time we're supposed to meet at, and there is a student on there that she does have internet, but it's not good at all. And so she was asking if the professor could post the recorded lectures online. And that is possible to post the recorded lectures, but it's also really hard because none of the public libraries are open either. So if students don't have Wi-Fi, they're not even able to go to the public library. And I know at Madison, at our home in Madison, uh, we use Spectrum, and Spectrum actually has offered free Wi-Fi for 60 days for students, but that still doesn't reach all students. And I think that's something that UW-Madison, as well as other universities, need to consider is how can we be inclusive of all students? Because even though we're online, some students don't have access to that. And I saw it yesterday with one of our students there, and fortunately she is able to watch recorded lectures, but then we lose out on that interaction between the professor to ask questions during the lecture or to discuss with other students during the lecture. And I just think that's something that needs to be brought into perspective a little bit more as students with all universities. What would be some of the worries that you have or some of the ripple effects that maybe we haven't talked about yet? I believe through what I have seen, I have two different internships on campus, and one of them is working with the dairy science department. And every year we hold a golf outing that raises funds for scholarships and hands-on student activities such as dairy judging and dairy challenge. However, this year, we most likely will not be able to host this. And so that's going to decrease the funds for our department to provide scholarships for students. So this is impacting future generations of students because we're not able to hold these events to raise funds. And so that's just one thing that I have witnessed firsthand, and I know it's going to impact future students. But another ripple effect that I have seen is other students' ability to work on campus. A lot of students have jobs in labs, have jobs at restaurants, and now we're not able to go to work or to make money. And tuition all of a sudden wasn't canceled. We still have to pay for tuition. We still have to pay for rent. And now without an income, that is going to drastically change some students' ability to complete schooling. And Luckily, I'm fortunate to be graduating in May, but that there again is another ripple effect. I don't get to celebrate my graduation with my friends because our commencement was postponed. And because I'm going to graduate school, I might not be able to come back to Wisconsin to be able to attend our commencement. So basically, all of these ripple effects are future events that now don't get to happen, and a lot of economics goes into these ripple effects as well. Yes, your master's degree. That's what I wanted to get to. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you're continuing your education at Texas A&M down in College Station. Uh, What do you know about what's going on with that? Have you kind of been kept in the dark, or are you hearing things from them? All I know of as of right now is I was supposed to schedule my classes, and That has not happened yet, and I don't know what this means. I know I am an outside to A&M right now because they're dealing with their own campus right now, but 
I am interested to see how this impacts what I do in the fall. It's interesting because my master's will be in agricultural leadership, education, and communication, but my emphasis is in international development. So I was supposed to be going to Africa next summer and the following summer, and I'm not sure how this is going to impact my travels and research that I'm supposed to be doing in Africa because international travel right now is not happening, but it's also going to be interesting to see how it impacts travel in the future. And that just leads me to thinking more of all of this research that isn't able to take place because we aren't able to either work or to travel places. And for my master's degree, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of in the dark, but I hopefully will be able to get it figured out by the time I need to move there in August. Well, I wish you the best of luck. It seems as though everybody is fighting battles on multiple fronts as we continue to experience the effects of the COVID-19 crisis. Thank you so much, Micah. That was Micah Dado. She is a senior at UW-Madison, where she studies at the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I-39 Supply, affordable trailer rentals on all trailers, enclosed utility car hauler and dump trailers. Plus, I-39 Supply's huge indoor showroom service and parts department. I-39 Supply, trailer service and more. I-39Supply.com. In Disney's The Lion King and in our world, fatherhood plays an important role. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov to learn more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association's bull sale is going online. Bids will be starting at 11 a.m. Saturday, April 4th. You can view the bulls now at the UW-Platteville Farm through April 3rd. You can bid online at dvauction.com starting at 11 a.m. April 4th. You can also phone your bids in during the sale, 800-297-5747. For more information, go to wisconsinbeef.com, call 800-297-5747, or go to dvauction.com to see the full sale catalog. Filling your daily quota of cows and sows, it's the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Heavens to Betsy, not paying attention to what I'm doing. It's 519 already as we roll our way into a Thursday and time for us to find out what's coming our way. Weather-wise, Stu Ag meteorologist joining us live via Skype. So, I it did turn out to be a halfway decent day yesterday, got outside uh Playing with the pups and getting a little fresh air. Uh, today, another one of the drier days, huh? Yeah, drier day, a little more mild air. Certainly another nice day to get out, but there is some rain building in. And to that effect, we can talk about Mauston. In fact, uh, entire portions here of Juneau and Adams County under a flood warning. Kicking in now, running through 7 a.m. Sunday All it's going to take is a little extra rain and water levels are going to be too high around lakes and rivers. 
too high out across farm fields as well. And rain is indeed going to be in our forecast. I've talked about that slow-moving upper system in the Pacific Northwest, finally pushing a cold front our way. That cold front just in western Minnesota this morning. There's snow south of North Dakota, northern Minnesota. will rain and snow in northern Minnesota. And just starting to hit far, far northwest Wisconsin, rain is going to spread on into the state. I expect some rain that most likely holds off until this evening or in the night at La Crosse and Mauston. Hits all of us late tonight, lasts into the day tomorrow. Rainfall amounts will be heavier further north with this one, but I think we're all talking of rainfall amounts from Friday and into Saturday that could still push up near that half or three-quarter of an inch range. There will be that little mix and change over to a little snow as it ends into the day Saturday. I don't think we'll have any kind of accumulation more than a sloppy little bit in parts of southern Wisconsin. Way far in the north could be a couple of inches accumulating. Temperatures don't cool off too sharply. In fact, by Sunday, a little sunshine around here and temperatures on the above normal side. They'll be in store into early next week with the next rain chance a little later on into Monday or Monday night. I'll have forecast details right after this. Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association's bull sale is going online. Bids will be starting at 11 a.m. Saturday, April 4th. You can view the bulls now at the UW Platteville Farm through April 3rd. You can bid online at dvauction.com starting at 11 a.m. April 4th. You can also phone your bids in during the sale, 800-297-5747. For more information, go to wisconsinbeef.com, call 800-297-5747, or go to dvauction.com to see the full sale catalog. Compeer Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation, and our support continues today as our clients work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. Compeer is proud to continue our strong commitment to our clients, the rural communities where they live, and to agriculture. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help meet the financial needs of rural America. And our experienced financial team is just a phone call or email away, ready to guide you every step of the way. To learn more about our offerings, like long-term fixed rates that can help mitigate risk and improve cash flow, Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compeer.com today and we'll navigate through this together. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Loan subject to approval guidelines. Not all borrowers will qualify. Restrictions may apply. This is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. 523 now. Go ahead, Stu, with that forecast. All right, well, and I didn't impress how slow that cold front we've talked about moving slow. It's in western Minnesota today. It may not make its way all the way out of eastern Wisconsin until into Saturday. It's moving just that slowly. Today, I expect partly sunny skies. In fact, we ought to all be around 60 or so with the southeast winds about 5 to 10. Some rain developing at La Crosse, possibly late this afternoon. More likely overnight, cloudy skies, light rain develops through the night, early in the west, late in the east, down to the mid-40s, southeast winds 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Friday, scattered showers, could be a little more organized in the afternoon and evening. Temps still in the upper 50s, around 60. The southeast winds at 5 to 10. That front finally starts to build through Saturday. A little rain, snow could linger on and off. Low 50s with north winds at 5 to 10. At least, Pam, look forward. Sunday, I'd say a little sun returning. Should feel pretty good to wrap up the weekend. All right, good deal. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow, man.
See you then. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist with Weather Details. And let's take a look at current conditions around the state of Wisconsin. Lacrosse, you're Pretty warm this morning, clear in 46. Mauston, cloudy, 43. Fond du Lac, you've got clear skies, 30 degrees at the airport. Beaver Dam, clear skies in 32. At the airport in Madison, we're looking at clear skies, 36 degrees. Heartbreaking that our Wisconsin dairy farmers are being asked to dump their milk. About 115 started that process at least yesterday. Josh Scrambling caught up with one West Bend area dairy farmer that was doing just that. His story, plus Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group, coming up after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. As our community deals with the current situation, Midwest Family Madison is committed to keeping you informed. Here's a few updates that we've received from local businesses and service providers. For safety reasons, Ale Asylum has temporarily closed for beer and food takeout. They appreciate your support and look forward to celebrating with you once this pandemic passes. Follow Ale Asylum on social media for fun facts and updates on reopening. In the meantime, they'll work hard on keeping shelves stocked at your favorite stores. The United Way of Dane County is partnering with many other entities to coordinate volunteers and supplies. Contact 211 for resources and to get or give help. If you have an update to add, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com, leave a message, and we'll get the word out. The best way to prevent the spread of disease is to avoid being exposed in the first place. Avoid touching your face. Remember, you're also touching other surfaces where the virus can live. For more information about coronavirus and how our community is responding, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Johnson Tractor is open to serve you through planting season and beyond. They're still open for parts, service, sales business, and a modified way. Stop out to Johnson Tractor and take a look at the large outdoor inventory available from Kubota to Case IH and more. Johnson Tractor, Janesville, Judah. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Associated Builders and Contractors of Wisconsin is an association founded on the principles of free enterprise and merit construction. We are nearly 900 companies strong, and we believe in enriching individuals through personal achievement. We set the standard for safety, quality, and integrity in construction, and we offer a wide range of services to contractors, suppliers, and other professionals in the industry. Be part of our success. Learn more at abcwi.org. Welcome to Middleton Farmers Cooperative, powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the surrounding community with two Cenex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. No fee memberships. Visit Pleasant View Road, University Avenue, Middleton, or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center on Pleasant View Road and check out Scott's Lawn Pro 4 Bag Program. For a lush green lawn, Scott's Lawn Pro 4 Bag Program is your best solution for you do-it-yourselfers. We'll store your program, let you use a free spreader, and let you know when it's time to apply the next step. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Everyone has a bucket list. I just changed mine. When the time comes, I just want to be at home in my own PJs, not in a gown that lets in the breeze. 
I want my family there and people who care how I live, not just how long. Care on my terms. A Grace gave my dad that kind of care, and now I know when I need it. A Grace will help. A Grace Hospice and Palliative Care. Just call. A Grace will help. Now that you're spending more time indoors, it's time to think about indoor air quality. Personally, I don't think spring cleaning is all that meaningful unless you live somewhere like Wisconsin, where you've been pumping the same stale air around the house all winter, and people wonder why they keep getting sick. With the piles of dust and mites and bacteria building and growing inside air ducts, believe me, it's gross. The answer? Dirty Ducks Cleaning. Clean and healthy air, breath after fresh spring breath. Go to DirtyDucksCleaning.com. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association's bull sale is going online. Bids will be starting at 11 a.m. Saturday, April 4th. You can view the bulls now at the UW Platteville Farm through April 3rd. You can bid online at dvauction.com starting at 11 a.m. April 4th. You can also phone your bids in during the sale, 800-297-5747. For more information, go to wisconsinbeef.com, call 800-297-5747, or go to dvauction.com to see the full sale catalog. I'm looking at the Milwaukee Brewers, and before all this broke, I saw Vegas came out with 83.5 was the over-under win total initially, and this was kind of before spring training, and it was before Christian Yelich signed his deal, and a lot of our listeners were wondering and thinking about it like, man, I think the Reds might be the best in this division, then the Cardinals, and then there might be a fight for third between the Cubs and the Brewers. That 83.5 over-under win total I mean, what do you think the Brewers could accomplish this year if there was a full season? Like, what, what do you think the Brewers would be finishing in the NL Central um, if we have a season? 83.5 to me is like one of those numbers that, like, you say to yourself, am I stupid for thinking that this is an automatic over? And it's like, that has to be a number for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what people say when numbers jump out to you like that. But for me, I would, I would go with the over. I would have went with the over on that. Um, there were some question marks, and look, you know, they didn't upgrade at certain positions. Um, third base, I think, is one of the is the obvious one. Um, you could kind of talk yourself into the catcher situation a little bit, even though it's obvious that the defense is, is totally different and you, you're not replacing the all-round player that Grandal is. So, yeah, I mean, there's there was that aspect to it, but I just feel like, in analyzing every position and understanding what the goal is with the at-bats, the personnel as far as the pitching staff goes, how deep they are, even if there were to have been an injury, to say to Brett Anderson for that, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they were set up for 162 games really well. I'll say that <laughs> um, because of the different pieces that they had and the deepness of their bench. Now, if the season is shortened, it gets to be pretty interesting because I think that leans in the favor of the teams with the most impact players. And I don't know if the Brewers have enough impact players for a shortened season. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. And I was wondering, too, with like the new rules that are implementing with, you know, Craig Council and the Brewers, they love that, you know, the bullpen or pitching by committee and whatnot. For me, I was looking at the Brewers starting pitching rotation 
And I, you know, I had a lot of question marks for you, Will, what was the biggest question mark, you know, entering whatever season we're going to have for the Brewers? For me, it's starting pitching. What is it for you? Yeah, I think starting pitching was was probably one of the ones that that jumped out to me. Um, you know, you need the guys that you signed, uh, like Avisel Garcia. You need him to be like what you want him, uh, what what you thought you signed. That's a big one for me. Um, same th- same thing with their base. Like Sogard's coming off a career year. Uh, Jerko's had had injuries the past couple of seasons. Like, what are you getting out of that position? So. Those two were, were for me, and then starting pitching, you could look at one through five of their projected rotation, and there's a significant question mark with every single one of those guys. I love Brandon Woodruff. I think the world of his ability, but he doesn't have the track record yet in the major leagues to say to yourself, okay, this is a guy who could we could sign up for 180 innings, you know, sub four ERA. I think all those things are certainly possible for him. But he just he just hasn't done it, you know, on a consistent level yet because he hasn't been in the major leagues long enough to build up that resume. So um, there's question marks for one through five, and then beyond in, far, in the starting lineup as well. Yeah, what did you think when uh, Christian Yelich's deal uh, came about? I, my jaw hit the floor that a guy like, you know, Will as a, as a Brewers fan for my entire life, I know a lot of pain for Brewers fans, like a lot of pain. And this now lately has been like a breath of fresh air for me. And the fact that a guy of Christian Yelich's caliber wanted to stay in a friendly deal in Milwaukee, like I said, my jaw hit the floor. What was your reaction on Yelich's deal and him proving and saying that he wants to be in Milwaukee? Yeah, I was surprised just because of the timing of it. Um, It was something that they did a really good job of keeping quiet. I mean, everybody knew that they were that they were trying to get that done. The Brewers, I mean, um, that was obvious. I mean, he's the, <laughs> the second best player in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to work toward getting a deal done. So, but we didn't exactly know exactly how deep they were in that process, right? So, it, it be it we knew it as a concept. We didn't know it as something that was practically being worked on. So, uh, that part of it was surprising, and the idea that Christian Yelich will never seemingly will never enter free agency in his career. That's pretty interesting that a guy would take that approach. Um, and so, like, you look at the the deal itself and you say, okay, yeah, it's, it's a little bit backloaded like anything else. Um, so it allows them some flexibility. Um, but they're going to have to surround him with talent. That's no secret, right? Uh, they're going to have to improve the lineup around him. And they're going to have to develop those pitchers that we talked about, yeah. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta. That's one of the things that goes a little bit unsaid. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Uh, 35 now on a Thursday morning. Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group joining us live via Skype in about 15 minutes. What is going on in the dairy industry specifically? That's where we'll focus our attention. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Here it is, second day of April. On this day in 1792, the U.S. dollar was introduced. The Mint Act of 1792 established the dollar as U.S. currency, about two-thirds of global trade today, based on the value of the U.S. dollar. On a little lighter note, on this day back in 1954, plans to build Disneyland were first announced. 
And on this date back in 1956, soap operas As the World Turns and Edge of Night premiered on TV. Anybody remember those two? I do. I'm Pam Yaki. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. And this is one of those days when I really do not enjoy my job at all because I'm bringing you very bad news for Wisconsin's dairy industry. It is literally considered probably the worst nightmare for any dairy farm to work so hard to produce a quality product and then be told there's no market for that quality product and that you've got to dump it in your manure lagoon system. But that's exactly what more than 115 of our dairy farmers had to do yesterday. And uh, Josh Scramlin joins us this morning with a story of one of those dairy farms. Josh? We here at the Midwest Farm Report had heard rumors that this was happening, but we can now confirm milk dumping is happening in Wisconsin. My name is Josh Scramlin, and I'm on the phone with Ryan Elby. His family owns Golden E Dairy near West Bend. You guys have uh, 2,400 cows. That's how many you milk. Ryan, your family's dairy has had to dump your milk, correct? Yep. Yeah, we got the uh, call late last night, and we were asked if we were willing and able to begin begin uh, dumping milk um, on our farm here. Hmm. So who did you guys actually get the call from? How did you find out? Well, there were um, our field rep would have called us, and then uh, several minutes later, the actual um, DFA central area manager called us um, to kind of voice the severity of what's going on and to kind of get us to really actually do it. Um, I don't know if there was issues getting other farms to do it, to do this, but uh, we have the storage space and we were willing to do it to help them out. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was not an easy decision by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, definitely not. No, um, you can always tell when dad's on a serious phone call um, and this time uh, his, you know, his eyes teared up a little bit. Just the thought of, uh, you know, there's a lot of pride in what goes into producing milk these days. So the thought of just dumping it down the drain, definitely disheartening. Did, did you guys really have any heads up that this was going to happen? I mean, we, we, we've all seen the world around us uh, feel like it's crashing and burning, and, and I'm sure there were conversations. But did you got was it a, what is a, was it a surprise to you? Uh, it was a surprise. Um, it was such a surprise actually that um, we had trailers loaded for delivery. We haul our own milk um, to a nearby plant, and even the trailers that were loaded, we were asked to back them up to the lagoon and dump them out. So how much milk have you dumped so far? Um, we're coming up on around a uh, quarter of a million pounds. And really no end in sight? Nope. They'll call us later this afternoon, they, they told us, and uh, they'll let us know if we have to continue or if we can start putting it back in the trailers for um, sale. Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of people that are that are listening, and even the average consumer, uh, you know, Joe Schmo would probably want to know, what, where's the milk being dumped? So where are you guys having to dump it? Right now? Um, after our trailers were, our loaded trailers from yesterday were dumped in lagoons, um, our milk is still going through the system. It's getting chilled. It's perfect grade A milk. The only thing is that the valves are all open and it's going directly down the drain and then it'll end up in, in our manure storage lagoon, wastewater storage lagoon. Is it as disheartening as I think it is to watch that? Um, it is. You know, we thought about maybe cutting some corners and not chilling the milk and, um, such things like that. But we're just going to keep our regular routine because we have to um, have the milk go through the meters so we can get paid accordingly. We were told um, they're just going to take our 
the average of last week's components, and we'll get paid off of that. And then we just um, keep track of the pounds going down the drain, and we'll get paid off that as well. Hmm. How how was uh? Well, I'll ask you first. How are you handling it? Um, I'm taking a step back, kind of looking. You know, it's it's all happening so fast that it's uh, it's a haze of disbelief. Um, anything that we thought would never happen or could never happen seems to be happening the last couple of weeks. Um, weeks ago, they said there's no way this would happen. It's happening right now on my farm, my family's farm, and I don't know what will happen next. I, I have faith in several other people that are higher up than me handling this, trying to communicate with, you know, stores, with, with uh, distribution of the products. But um, it's definitely a challenge. I can speak for myself, but I also feel like I can speak for a lot of other people. Ever since this has happened, since the middle of March, I just feel like I've been walking around in a in a in almost in shock. Like it's like you said, it's just it's a haze that things that you never thought you would ever see occur have occurred. And and you guys have never had to dump milk before, right? We have not. No, this is the first, and I really hope this is the last. Um, but you know what? I'm just gonna hang tight. We're gonna see what happens. Um, we are willing to continue dumping milk because we have the storage capacity uh, to handle it um, if they ask for that. Um, I hope they don't. I hope they find a place for the milk. But for right now, um, from what I got, we're roughly 3% of the milk they needed to find a place for and mm. asked to start dumping. Jeez. So yeah. this is a large-scale um, effect on a lot, lot of farms from what I understand. Um but when it's your family's farm, it's, uh, it's extra hard to see it happen. I, I'm I'm sure, and 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 I and I feel for you, and I, I know that all of our listeners certainly feel for you because many of them can relate. Have you heard anything from other farmers? The only thing I've heard um, from some contacts that I have is they are doing the same thing. Um, this is through DFA members, um, but as of now, but right now. Um, they're all willing to do it. It's just they're all very disheartened by it, and um, they hope it ends soon. That's dairy farmer Ryan Elby. His family owns Golden E Dairy near West Bend. 2,400 head, that's what they milk. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Thanks, Josh. And again, we have more details on the milk dumping situation on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com, and we'll be talking more about it with Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group in just a moment. In overnight trade this morning, we've got December corn trading up two and a quarter cents at three forty-nine and a half. November soybeans up two and a half at eight sixty-six. July wheat that's down two and a half, five forty-five and a quarter. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped another three cents to one seventeen and a half. Forty-pound block cheese down two at 131 double a butter down two and a half at 131 a pound right now may milk is down a nickel 1307 a hundredweight in overnight trade coming up next we're visiting with mike north from commodity risk management group about what in the world is going on this is the farm report with pam yonke Welcome to Middleton Farmers Cooperative, powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the surrounding community with two Cenex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering VitaPlus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. No fee memberships. Visit Pleasant View Road, 
University Avenue, Middleton, or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center on Pleasant View Road and check out our expanded selection of rental equipment, aerators, stump grinders, edgers, and much, much more for your lawn and home spring projects. Or check out our rentals on our website at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. As our community deals with the current situation, Midwest Family Madison is committed to keeping you informed. Here's a few updates that we've received from local businesses and service providers. Hi, these three locations are doing their best to keep their shelves stocked for the community for all their needs and wants. They're open every day. Check store hours at hi-v.com. Lawton and Kate's, working remotely but still available for you. Call if they can be of any service at 828-6200. The United Way of Dane County is partnering with many other entities to coordinate volunteers and supplies. Contact 211 for resources and to get or give help. If you have an update to add, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com, leave a message, and we'll get the word out. The best way to prevent the spread of disease is to avoid being exposed in the first place. If you have to sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow and make it less likely for your germs to be transferred to others. For more information about coronavirus and how our community is responding, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. On the job till the cows come home. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yeah, and God bless you folks that are out there taking care of the cows, milking, and then you're going to go dump it. What a crazy way to start a day. Well, we're starting our day with Mike North, Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville. And man, I can't imagine what your life has been like in the past 48 hours time i mean literally everybody's saying covid-19 we've never seen it before this dairy situation i've never seen in my life it's it's um remarkable in a bad way and as we look at what's going on pam we're getting it from all fronts you know last week we talked about how cheese was really kind of the last man standing and we were uh you know holding that market together but if it went then watch out. And since we've talked in the last five sessions, uh, cheese has dropped blocks from a dollar eighty to a dollar thirty-one. We've watched as uh, the barrel market has uh, fallen in kind, not as sharply, but taking prices down to a dollar seventeen. That that right there is is the lowest prices that uh, we've seen on cheese going back uh, many many years and. Um, that is that is not the kind of market that we want to be in. The unfortunate news is that it could still get worse. And to your point, um, food service was the first pushback that we had in the market. And restaurants were quickly canceling orders as they were being shut down. That was followed now by the retail side, which after the big rush and everybody making their way to the to the to the grocery store to stock up, has since fallen back and and quieted some, uh, and so we're seeing a little bit of pushback there. And a lot of food companies who didn't have the capacity to uh, move their product through traditional lines to a food service outlet 
we're diverting production and moving that towards retail to try to capture some of that demand that was burgeoning. It was, it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a big opportunity that everybody ran to. We filled that void very quickly and now we are just plumb full and inventory is backing up. And so a lot of these processors now are beginning to, to dump milk and it, it is a, it is a sad thing to watch, but it is really kind of the last outlet because, you know, as we talk about dairy products, unlike all the rest, and, and, is, and this is, a, uh, you know, kind of obvious when you think about it, but it's a perishable commodity. You can't sit on it very long. It's got to flow through the system. And right now there's no flow in our system. Everything is at a halt. So milk is making its way to the manure pit. You know, there's bittersweetness to this, though. You know, when we come out of this, and I do believe we are going to come out of this, Dumped milk is not product, and it will not be inventory that we have to carry that hangs over our heads like that big powder inventory that we talked about for several years in Europe. That won't be there if, if, if we're dumping uh, milk today. So you use the phrase processors. We've only had one that I'm aware of in Wisconsin. I know there's been some on the East Coast. What else do you know about that situation? When is the other shoe going to start dropping here, Mike, on processors and more milk dump? Well, the big fear right now, and I think this is true for processors and producers alike, is that COVID would be you know, uh, found in a processing plant and it would be forced to shut down. That, that, that would be really the, the, the nightmare scenario for us because th- then you've just completely turned off the pipe there. Uh, processors are, you know, they're, they're, they're running as hard as they can uh, with the staff they have. And, and, that's, and that's, that's some of it too. Uh, you know, we've observed some of these plants that are having a hard time getting employees to come to work out of fear of catching coronavirus. So um, I would say the other shoe drops if these plants start finding positive tests among their employees. A lot of them are taking very proactive measures to prevent that from happening, testing people as they're coming to work, making sure they're not running a fever, you know, watching for illness, having people police themselves at home, telling them not to come to work if they even remotely feel sick. Um you know that would be the other shoe, Pam. And if that if if that shoe drops, yeah. then then it gets worse because now we go from dumping five to ten percent of our milk to dumping a whole lot more. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people on social media ask me the question: Why can't we donate that milk, or why don't we feed the milk to baby calves? Can you? I've answered it so many times. Can you take it for me, Mike? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 generally a matter of distribution. You 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 can't just you know give it to the food bank per se if the bottler is beyond capacity. The bottler can only put so much milk in a jug in a get in a day, and you know if if they've got twice as much milk coming at them, they just can't do it. And that milk's got to go someplace, and all the other outlets are full. Baby calves would be a, would be an opportunity, um, but there again, the amount that we're dumping, there isn't enough calves to drink it all. So, you know, I do know of some plants that are uh, pushing it back to the farm. They're doing the same with whey. Uh, they're checking with you know other you know people in the the feed space to try to find a use for this. Um, they're being as creative as they can, but 
you know, some of it just you have to make very quick decisions about because the shelf life for milk, yeah. again, very, very short. Do you know of the milk that's being dumped? Do you know, are these farmers going to receive compensation? And if you do, what do we have an idea what kind of compensation? So the USDA did come out and say that milk that's being dumped can be pooled. So what that essentially means is the co-op could pick up your milk and then proceed to dump it, but count it in the pool, which essentially means that across the co-op, all the patrons in the co-op will share in that dumped milk. So rather than one guy having to take it over the head, everybody in the co-op will share it equally. That in and of itself does a little bit to buffer the blow. Um, but frankly, you know, as, 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 as we go forward with this again, if, if we cut off an entire co-op, then what? If, if an entire supply co-op loses all of its contracts, that co-op has a real issue because there's no outlet at that point. And even if you pulled it, 100% of it's got to go someplace and God forbid it has to be dumped. So we've scared the living daylights out of any dairy farmer listening that didn't get the letter or didn't get the visit from a field rep. What If they want to call you, if they want to talk to you, Mike, what kind of options can you provide them? So the best we can do at this point is protect the prices we have, right? We can't go back and recreate prices of the past. And as we talk about those right now, the second half of the year for class three is, is very close to a $15 average. Those prices could be protected, um, but you're going to, just like in any case, when you try to come in and protect a, a, a bad situation, it's going to come at a cost. It's kind of like buying um, in fire insurance on the barn and there's smoke coming out the roof right now. Um, so options are an opportunity. We've been, we've, we have been buying some put option strategies for different producers. We've been um, moving a lot of DRP policies here for those that are coming late to the table. And I will say this, while $15 is not an incredibly attractive price, let's compare it to where uh, current product values suggest price should be. And that today is under $12, $11.90 for class three is what the product suggests the value to be. Hmm. So as we talk about the year, we have no idea how long the stretch is. Do something with the 15, even if you don't like it, because 15 can become 12 pretty easily. Very true. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. We're all out of time, but definitely not conversation. Mike North, Commodity Risk Management Group. It's 555. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Reclaim water from cow manure?